Hello, and you're very welcome to another edition of The Others, The Alan Kinsley Podcast, where we look at small parties and groups that contest Irish elections over the years. This episode, it's the turn of National Action. A group that were around from around 1952 to 1962 or so, and contested uh, the 1954 general election. Thanks to everybody who's subscribed to the podcast, and indeed, especially those who've subscribed to the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash electionnet. Uh, please subscribe if you can, and of course, tell everyone about the podcast. And if you're new to it, um, there's quite a lot of, of episodes, so do listen to older episodes. Um, they're there. Uh, there. There's plenty there to be going on with. Um, if you want to contact me, I'm at electionlit on Twitter. IrishElectionLiterature.com is the website. Irish Political Ephemera on Facebook. And IrishElectionLiterature at gmail.com is the email. Thanks. In 1946, Joseph Hanley published a booklet, a pamphlet, fairly, it's actually 60-something pages, I think, I have it up on the website, uh, called National Action. And it there was revised editions and that. And by 1952, Hanley had this idea, this National Action Plan, National Action is a national non-party plan to replace the party system of government by a non-party parliament supported for advisory and criticising purposes by a vocationally organised system with the National Vocational Assembly at its head and by a system of parish councils. So this was the idea of, uh, that there's so much more to it, but that was the basic idea. I suppose it, it was... Um, I suppose it was a dictatorship in a way um, and to get rid of the, the current party system which failed the country since independence in 1921. So National Action was then formed, an organisation was formed. Now they didn't, very often people don't call themselves a party, um, they call themselves movements. Already we have four or five guilds organised throughout the country. We intend to contest the next general election and put up at least one candidate in every constituency. That would mean 40 or 50. The method of approach will be to select some very prominent figures connected with the national movement and to put them forward as candidates. National election will not rely on public meetings to gain seats. Our campaign has already started through the method of personal approach canvassing from house to house in the areas where we have a footing. We are adopting the same methods used by the Sinn Féin party in 1918. That is to say we are explaining our plans to the people in their homes and I think we will win eventually because we are the only movement offering a solution and alternative to the eternal wrangling of political parties. Now it's very unusual for a party uh, for their first candidate Normally it's a by-election, it's a general election, or indeed local elections. But the first candidate endorsing national action was actually in a 1952 Shannon by-election. 
and it was Ono Mahoney uh, in the NUI challenge election in 1952. And this is his election address. I am contesting this election as a non-party candidate supporting the principles of national action. I beg to ask for the favour of your votes and any other assistance which you may be willing to give me. As a member of the Munster Bar of 20 years intimate and invaluable experience of Irish life outside the capital, which has been deepened by 10 years service as State Council for Cork City and County. By 16 years membership of Cork County Council and 10 years membership of the Cork Corporation and Harbour Board. I was for eight years a director of the Irish Tourist Association, during six of which I was a member of its finance board. I am a vice chairman of the Irish Anti-Partition Association and spent from 1947 to 1950 working for Irish and Celtic unity in Scotland and England. During all my 48 years of life, I have been associated with movements for our national cultural recovery. Politically, I believe the programme of national action will save this country from otherwise irre irreparable ruin. In short, national action, which is not a political party and which does not attack any person or party, proposes the, to establish a national non-party system of government based on Christian social teaching and on national unity. To replace the opposition, it would set up a parish council system such as Muinchernatera and a vocational order as recommended by the Commission on Vocational Organisation. It would elect members to Doyle Aaron on the following five-point programme. One, a state which will base its constitution and all its practices on Christian social teaching. Two, Ireland's territorial unity and independence. Three, the establishment of our national culture. Four, a sound national economic and financial system. And five, a social organisation of the people. All normal citizens and even the political parties are already agreed on this all-embracing programme. By the proper use of the referendum, it shows that once established, a national parliament can again, cannot again break up into permanent parties. National action shows how a national parliament can and will not only solve partition and our major national problems such as language, emigration and financial reform, but also that it can and will build up our motherland into what Pierce and his true companions visualised. The plan is practical and workable and gains the approval of almost every person who understands it and who is sincere in wishing to rescue our country from the tragedy of party politics. In previous elections for this constituency, only half of the electorate of 15,000 have voted. Because I suggest many graduates do not care to identify themselves with a party political machine, which is becoming more mechanical by the day. In failing to exercise your vote in this election, the true elective status of the Shannon may be jeopardised. Failure to vote helps to perpetuate a political system based on organised disunity, which has already proved itself to be utterly inefficient. In these circumstances, however, you vote. It is your conscientious duty to your country to exercise your vote in this election. The poll closes on Friday the 12th of December. Really unusual to, for a party to have the first candidate running in an NUI Shannon's election. 
but that's what they were running in. In that election, their first electoral outing, although, as I say, they claimed not to be a party but were contesting elections as national action, uh, Mr O'Mahony polled 662 votes. So that compared to Professor Cunningham polled 2011 votes, Dr Maguire 1699, uh, Dr McHugh 1616, Mrs Clark 1252. And O'Mahony beat Mr. O'Donoghue, who polled 369, and Mr. O'Neill, who polled 283. It was okay, like he obviously didn't uh, take the seat, which was won by Cunningham, but it wasn't a total disgrace. Although they said that their way of contacting people was, you know, calling door to door and explaining the national action, the national actions plan to people, they were also fairly prolific. Uh, writers to the paper. So here's one just as an example. Unity, what does it mean? Dear Sir, during the past few weeks there has been more thinking, talking and writing around the word unity than probably during several years before. It started with the President's appeal at Brough and since then has taken various shapes. Two interpretations of the word unity stand out clearly namely unity among the chief political leaders and unity of the nation. There is a world of difference between these, but apparently the vast majority of people longing for something in the guise of unity do not pause to separate them. The entire weight of that section of the press supporting the party system has been thrown in on the side of some vague form of party combination. The party political leaders who have spoken have endorsed this interpretation to a man. Only an occasional reference to unity of the entire nation is allowed to appear. Emigration. Under the party system during the past 30 years, this grossly underpopulated country has been losing its young people at the rate of over 20,000 a year. Nothing even remotely approaching this has ever occurred in any free country. I could show that we have no consistent agricultural or industrial policies, and that to an intelligent foreigner our financial arrangements must appear to be a joke. Emigration is merely the outcome of all this. If we had even average common sense, and were normally sincere, this emigration fact alone would be sufficient to damn the party system, which, without a shadow of doubt, is the fundamental cause of our national failure. Political leaders blame one another, but the party system, which they will not blame, is the basic cause. This so-called democratic system, which in practice is not democratic, is based on a deliberately organised plan of disunity, obstruction and hate. One of the most dangerous developments that could possibly occur in present circumstances is that a number of leading politicians from the major parties should, under this vicious system, unite. If such a group got a dominant following of unthinking people, they could do practically what they liked. They could control the entire press and radio. They could solve partition by sacrificing everything that traditional Ireland, even after 30 years of political mauling, still holds dear. And they could prolong their own life of office for 10 or 20 years. How few realise that under the party system, the people have no protection whatever against any such danger. All the most people can suggest as a remedy is to start another party. 
what we want today and and must get if our nation is to live a true national is true national unity inspired by christian charity and patriotism and acceptable to every normal citizen every party politician will give lip service to this requirement but will any of them take steps to bring it about national action plan after several years of thought a plan called national action has been evolved the fifth edition which is the only one giving the fully developed outlines of the plan was published last august it shows how a national non-party truly democratic parliament based on christian social teaching and on christian unity can not only be established but permanently maintained it shows that under this plan every section class and person within the nation will get a fair representation fair treatment and fair opportunity protection and help it shows as far as can be shown that the people want such a parliament and will choose such a parliament the moment the party leaders will permit surely if national action has all these advantages it is worth consideration it should be a godsend to those who profess to desire christian national unity i now formally invite the political leaders one and all to explain publicly this plan and if i am making false statements to explain these false statements to the people all i ask is a fair opportunity for myself and my colleagues to reply whether or not political leaders will accept this invitation will show thinking people at least what political leaders mean by unity whether they mean unity visualized by davis Piers, mcsweeney and tone or whether they mean perpetuation of a political system which intentionally runs neighbor against neighbor and father against son we know the type of unity that the vast proportion of irish people want will our political leaders continue to defend the tragic results that party politics have bought or will they in god's name try and rise above it and show to the world that in appealing for christian unity they are sincere signed joseph hanley president council of national action seven harcourt terrace so again you get a further idea of the party of the group the movement and its policies there national action were also against uh, proportional representation national action submits that proportional representation in ireland has completely failed for the following reasons the system pr is a political one designed to give representation to legitimate minorities that is to to minorities holding different beliefs on certain fundamental issues from the majority there is only one type of genuine minority here namely the religious minority no section of that minority has asked for pr in the circumstances they knew that it could not be successfully applied an ordinary political party no matter how small its numbers is not a minority in the pr sense small parties representing say labor farmers industry professions and the followers of independent members are sections of society that differ on economic and other internal issues they have no fundamental differences proportional representation was never intended for the formation of such artificial permanent groups in a well-organized community such permanently opposed parties would should not and would not exist 
The main reason advanced for the introduction of PR in the 26th county area was to give religious minorities representation and safeguards. From its very inception, the system has completely failed to accomplish either of these purposes. In order that PR, as it is ordinarily applied, should operate in favour of a religious minority, that minority must be proportionately substantial and politically unified. Otherwise, it must be concentrated in one or more suitably sized areas. The religious minority here is either neither sufficiently numerous, nor is it concentrated. This condition was quite obvious at the time PR was introduced, as it is today. Proportionately, if all the minority religions in the 26 county areas were politically united and concentrated, they would secure, say, six to eight parliamentary representatives, except for a period when one representative was elected in Caravan Monaghan with the assistance of a few thousand Catholic votes. They got no representation. Under PR, they have no representation in the Doyle at present. All the members belonging to minority religions were elected as representatives of political parties. The chief consequences of PR are to aggravate the weaknesses of the party system by increasing the number of parties and independent members, farmers and labour, for instance. Normal and major sections of national society get only meagre minority representations, while the religious minority for which PR is supposed to cater gets no representation whatsoever. In addition to these absurdities, PR under the party system has given us invariably the weakest and most helpless type of government. It is possible to conceive. This small partition country requires a cultural, social and economic revolution to bring it even near to the level of nations which for centuries have enjoyed their own institutions. Instead of helping us to reach this objective, PR, along with the party system, permanently tends to prevent this without giving any compensating reward. As a result of these political impositions, the party system and PR combined, all the parties have each com compromised their own party system in a main effort to make the combination work. They have all fought elections and divided the people in opposing parties on one set of secondary issues, and immediately the elections are over compromised with other sets of secondary issues in order to secure office. PR, in conjunction with party politics, keeps normal Irish people divided into helpless groups. While this goes on, political parties and persons flourish and certain non-nationals and other parasites gather in the spoils. These consequences of PR possibly constitute the main purpose of some calculating people who wish to maintain it. National Action proposes to remove PR and establish a single seat constituencies in it instead. The only portion of PR which may be suitable for this area of the country and which might be retained is the single transferable vote. Of course the PR system might be retained for the election of a cabinet. The mere removal of PR, however, would only play into the hands of a strong political party. Unless it is discontinued, as an essential part of comprehensive national plans such as national action advances, the party system might become more dangerous and more demoralising than ever. But 
if we have the wisdom and the moral courage to wipe out the combination of the party system and so-called proportional representation and set up a national parliament instead, we can save ourselves from such danger and also save our nation and our culture from what must otherwise inevitably lead to stagnation and defeat. So that's a, a, from National Action in 1953. There was a general election called in 1954 and having originally, of course, like a lot of the parties covered in this series, intended to field a candidate in every constituency, National Action were fielding one candidate, Seamus Murphy, in Dublin North East. And the slogan was, help us drive home the wedge against state socialism. Speaking, um, during the campaign, Seamus Murphy, Dublin North East National Action, Action Candidate, said that national action will foster vocational and parish organisation and will plan long-term agri-property from foreign infiltration and will plan long-term agricultural, industrial, financial and cultural policies. In this, the only healthful, healthful way, it will gradually reduce state and living costs and will in time end emigration, unemployment, idleness and doles. They continued to protest that they weren't a, a party. Um, one of the many misrepresentations of national action is that it is a party. The answer to this charge that national action is a party is summed up in the following six points. One, the programme of a political party is composed of secondary or ways and means promises. It seldom contains a basic issue on which the people are genuinely, generally agreed. Two, the programme of national action is composed entirely of fundamental issues. It must not contain any secondary issue. Three, the aim and, or purpose of a political party is to, to divide the people into opposing sections or groups. Four, the aim or purpose of national action is to unite the nation into one cooperating national community. Five, party representatives vote collectively, even though in doing so contentious convictions may be violated. Six, national action representatives will vote independently and in accordance with conscientious convictions. Thus, national action is not a party, since its programme, its aims and its actions are diametrically opposed to partyism. In voting for Seamus Murphy, the national action candidate in Dublin North East, you are not therefore voting party. You are supporting a national movement, fair to all men, which will end party politics in this state for all time. And that's from Joseph Hanley, the President, Council of National Action. Murphy's campaign got further coverage. The family, living, the family living wage, urged by several popes, has been disregarded by the party politicians, said Mr. Seamus Murphy, Dublin North East National Action Candidate, at several places. Socialist schemes of free handouts were no answer to the demand in justice for the family living wage, he continued. The slavish tendency to follow British socialist legislation was depriving the people of their God-given rights and the means of fulfilling their duties. Parents should not pass over to the state their responsibility of rearing and supporting their families, and workhouse relief under a fancy name was the state's answer to this violation of rights.
In that 1954 general election, Seamus Murphy polled 1,430 votes. You know, he finished ahead of one of the Fine Gael candidates and another, um, a Young Ireland Party candidate, Thomas Healy, but finished behind Labour, Clan the Public and Fine Gael. Indeed, Charles, Charles Hawhey, um and the Oscar Trainer and Alfie Byrne were, uh, and Harry Colley, some of the big names that were also running. It was an okay performance, actually, you know, 1,430 votes isn't isn't too bad, but it wasn't anywhere he, he would want to have polled four times that to have been in contention, three or four times that to have been in contention. But still, if the group was to grow and stuff, it was a, it was a start. With the local elections due in 1955, it was rumoured that uh, National Action would put forward candidates. Um, they were thought to, they were thinking of running candidates in Limerick and in Dublin, but it didn't happen. Um, they failed to put forward any candidates. So obviously the movement was on the decline. The, the letter writing went on and um, um, National Action Teaching is not the prerogative of any select group or class. It is a national gospel based on Christian social teaching and on national unity. It can be adopted by any national organization or group of organizations that puts the nation, that is the people, its territory and its culture combined before selfish or group interests. Patriotism is a Christian virtue, which like any virtue can thrive only when it is practiced and which will wilt and decay when neglected. At no time in the chequered history of our nation has the need for a vigorous patriotism been so urgent as now. World forces both from the East and the West are making their attack on national entities, with the object of grouping all nations into one common amalgam. The Supreme Pontiff Pius XII, still gloriously reigning, had much to say on this same question and stressed the need for preserving national characteristics. Patriotism and nationalism are not synonymous terms. All too frequently nationalism amounts to nothing more than hatred of culture and a way of life of other nations. This is a purely negative and destructive force. Patriotism, on the other hand, is a positive force, concerning itself with the love of one's own land and way of life. We must learn to distinguish between partyism, the evil tree that can only bring forth the evil truth, and the men and women who support this system. It is a violation of Christian charity to attack individual parties or supporters of parties. Unlike partyism, which lives on strife and dissensions, national action is rooted in the teaching of the mystical body of Christ, which sees all men as other Christs for whom salvation, a supreme price was paid. We believe that thy kingdom come is more than a prayer. It is a challenge to our people in our time. And that was from Seamus Murphy. The party stumbled on, or the group or the movement, whatever to call them, and became part of the emigration action movement um, with Leofall, 
and the Irish Monetary Reform Association, as well as um, the Emigration Action Movement of Cork. I covered the Emigration Action Movement in another episode of, um, of the podcast. From there it went into further decline, and in 1960 Joseph Hanley passed away, age 80. Um, he was the author of the original action, action pamphlet or, or booklet or book which um, spurred the movement and little by little it just died after that. Thanks very much for listening. Um, please subscribe to the podcast and so on if you can. And uh, thanks to everybody for supporting the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash election lit. Um, and again, I'll probably be, be a gap between episodes over the coming weeks as I'm taking a bit of a, uh, between the weather and going away and all the rest. Thanks very much.